Welcome to another episode of About Success 123. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts because you know what? I'm really enjoying bringing them to you. You know, I was thinking the other day that negotiating skills would be pretty important when it comes to being successful. Now, I do know that lots of people don't like negotiating. In fact, they absolutely hate it and would prefer to walk away from something or accept the deal if they had to negotiate something. But could that mindset be stopping their path to success or, you know, getting what they want to achieve? I think many successful people that I've certainly met, they're good at doing deals and they're good at getting what they want and they do it basically through their negotiating skills. But the dilemma is, of course, if you're not good at negotiating or simply don't want to do it or don't know how to do it, how do you learn to negotiate? You know, I was thinking perhaps there are some people out there also that just live and breathe negotiating because it probably comes naturally to them or they might even like the thrill of the chase. But what about people who might be a bit more reserved or not so confident or upfront when it comes to negotiating? Well, maybe it's just plain alien to them. Even trying to get a cheaper price on something for some people is just a no-go area. They just accept what the price is and that's it. Negotiating, I think, might also embarrass some people. People, let's face it, are different. But what do you do if you want to learn negotiating skills, if they don't come naturally to you? And how important are they on that uh, road to success? Well, today we're going to be talking to Sam Trattles, who knows a lot about negotiating. Sam, welcome to About Success 123. Thanks, John. I'm quite happy to be here. Now, I just mentioned that you know all about negotiating. Now, as a bit of a background, you once did it as part of your job when you worked for large corporations. But now what you do, you actually train people to negotiate through your company, which is called Other Side of the Table. And you've also written a book about negotiating. So, Sam, tell me, are you a natural negotiator or did you learn it? Oh, that is a very good question. Not many people ask me that question, John, so thank you. No, I was not natural at all. Um, I grew up in a household where I was part of the seen and not heard generation, so um, took a long time to grow into finding my voice as an adult, and um, negotiating is all about communicating well, so uh, really had to, to work that through and, and was lucky to have fantastic jobs where I got to learn how to negotiate on the job, as it were. So, um, yeah, some big jobs buying incredible sponsorships across this country and, and others mm-hmm. and um, saw the light, walked out to the other side, and now I, yeah, I realised that lots of people hate negotiating. So if there's one thing I love to do and can help others to um, embrace it, then that's what I should do with my life. So here we are. Now, you, you just mentioned you work for, for companies negotiating. So tell me though, is negotiating for someone else, so you kind of once removed when you're working for a company, is that different to negotiating for yourself? I think so. I think we, we're happy to go and bat for someone else. And I often talk to people about putting yourself in the third person when you're preparing for a negotiation because it is easier. It does feel less stressful if it's at arm's length. 
uh, you know, often going in and negotiating a pay rise for an employee who's done an outstanding job. But then when we have to go and do it for ourselves, it can be a bit stressful. So we've just got to put that break in between in our thinking beforehand so that when we go into the room and negotiate it, we've sort of gone, oh, okay, this person's really good. This person is me. <laughs> and, um, and I'm prepared to put that case forward and feel comfortable with that. Do you have to be able to negotiate differently from doing a big deal to doing a small deal? Um, you spend just less time. I think if it's, if it, it depends on how emotionally involved it is. Uh, you know, a pair of shoes doesn't have to be a big negotiation, but if those shoes are for your wedding, then they might be really important to you. So you might want to spend a bit more time on that. But right, okay. you do, yeah, you do approach it differently. Okay, so there are kind of differences and they could be kind of subtle differences, I suppose. Yeah, I, I talk about um, spending about 70% of your time in the preparation phase and that 70% is contingent on how big the deal is and how much it's worth to you. Okay. Now, you've, as you said, you've gone from working for an organisation negotiating deals to working for yourself, helping people to learn negotiation skills, I guess. From the people you've helped become negotiators, why do you think so many people find it's something hard to do? We didn't learn this skill at school so um that's the first problem and um, the second one is we live in a culture that is filled with taboos so we're not supposed to be very articulate in um, what we really want we're seen as aggressive if we um, push back on somebody and talking about money is just something that is extremely uncomfortable in our culture. So all of these taboos mean we avoid uncomfortable conversations and negotiations uh, fall into that category of uncomfort. Mm, okay, so the thing is, is that taking all that on board, is it possible for everybody to learn to become a negotiator or, or are there some people out there who just can't do it? Well, my mum says that she will never become a good negotiator, <laughs> um, but that's because she doesn't want to be. So yeah. no, I 100% believe that everyone can become a good negotiator if you are willing to put in the effort and you want to do that. Right. Okay. So basically you can be trained to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. It's practice. And do you think that negotiation is part of, you know, that road to success? Do you think that it's an integral part of becoming successful or a small part of it? Where do you think negotiation sits in that sort of path? The, the World Economic Forum talks about that, that skill being in the top 10 skills that you need to have mastered to oh. be successful in 2020. So we're you know close to that mark now. So I would put it really high on the list, but it, because it incorporates so many skills at the same time, that um, empathy, um, being open, having a growth mindset, you know, being a good communicator, all these little aspects all contribute to being a good negotiator and finding your voice. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's intrinsically linked because the other side is if you don't love it, if you hate it, it, it causes you anxiety, it causes mm. you tension. So you go into meetings where you're negotiating your worth and you're already uncomfortable. So how are you possibly going to be getting the best outcome for you and your business? So years ago, and I don't know whether this would be still the case, people used to always say in terms of negotiations, this is a win-win negotiation. People used to say it all the time. It was like It was like the benchmark for negotiations. Do you think that people should go into a negotiation with a win-win kind of mindset? I don't understand win-win. I've always struggled with it. And, and the problem with the win-win mindset is that it engages the part of your brain that's fight, flight or freeze. So automatically your, your brain's thinking, oh, winning, oh, we must think about losing. Do we need to turn tail and run here? So you're 
default setting in your body is tension. Mm. So for me, leaning into a win is really not a good thing to be focused on, and it doesn't give us, and it doesn't really give us a runway to understand. Well, what does that mean? It just mm. means I have to get a good outcome. So what what should your attitude be? Well, my thoughts, uh, I thought about this a long, long time when I was working out how do I teach people to negotiate, um, what do we need? We need guardrails. We need to understand what we're trying to achieve. So for, for me, it comes down to seeking a fair and reasonable exchange in value. Yeah. So how that plays itself out is, you know, is what I'm asking for fair and is what that other person is prepared to offer reasonable and then vice versa so we sort of get this dance going that okay well i come into the room and i want this and i bring this with me and you came into the room and you did this and you brought that so we're trying to find the bits where they match up and where they don't match up rather than you winning and me winning yeah so the thing is is that just talking to you here i would suggest that you're kind of a no-nonsense sort of person would 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 that be a fair sort of assumption to make that is indeed yes okay does that make you a tough negotiator it makes me fair um i i have in the past when i was learning how to be a good negotiator i would probably push too far and i would work i would be trying to get a good deal for me and so what that would be would be probably at your expense whereas a good negotiator you don't have to be a jerk to be a good negotiator um, in fact, it's probably better if you're not, um, because you, it means you're listening to what that person, what matters to that other person. Okay. But also, you're not going to roll over. You're going to be clear about, well, I need this, or I am entitled to this because of these reasons. So you're sort of bringing this case, I guess, to the table to help you understand, well, why do I, why is that piece really important to me? Yeah. And then you make a decision whether you can flex on that piece or not. Okay, so what do you do if you come across somebody in a negotiation who's really aggressive? Hmm, try and not negotiate with them. <laughs> really? I think, um, no, that's not that's not possible. Yeah. I understand that, but yeah. yes, it's it is extremely unnecessary for negotiations to be like that. And I think it's really unpacking why is that person being aggressive. So asking questions about, okay, can I understand? Is it that you need a dollar outcome? Is it that you need a time outcome? Is it that you need a resource outcome? So really trying to get down to the nitty gritty of what's causing them to be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, that the board has said you cannot come back unless the number is X or unless blah, blah. So you kind of want to break through through that person and and at that point you might actually realize oh actually know what they're asking for you can you can understand what they're asking for or on the on the downside is oh no that person just wants their own way and perhaps i don't want to work with them what, what i was thinking more about was somebody who is not so much physically aggressive but people who who might be uh well i just i'm just thinking maybe somebody who comes in thinking the negotiation is more about a fight like a verbal fight, I mean. I don't mean like a physical fight. I mean a verbal fight. So that 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 sort of aggression, you know. So they're you know they because I've I've seen people like this, mm. who sort of you know like almost I don't I don't know. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's strange when you see somebody do something like that. So they go from the pleasantries to switching into this mode of being verbally, I guess, aggressive. Yeah, it, it seems like it's a persona that they have to put on yep. to negotiate. Yes, yes, you said it a lot more simply than I did. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so what uh, what do you do if you come across somebody like that? Again, we need to understand what's driving that. So yeah. they might have to put their persona on because they're worried that they won't get what they want. Um, you know, I can be really cheeky as well. So I, I try and make 
the conversation a bit more lighthearted to understand that person better and understand their drivers. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you always have to be prepared to walk away because I just can't work with people that are doing that for fun. People obviously make mistakes in negotiations. Mm-hmm. So what mistakes do you think that are the major mistakes that people make when they go into negotiations? Lack of preparation is a big one. Really being clear about what you want, why you're entitled to that and what you're prepared to walk away with or from. That's probably the biggest key. Um, other things are... It's okay, I think, in t- when something's really emotional. I've been in I've been in negotiations where people have lost their mind. Oh, really? And what matters is how they recover. When you say lost their mind, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, um, you know, when you've been negotiating for you know six months on a deal and you get together once a week and try and hash out all the components to it, there are times when um, something's just annoyed someone because you've had this conversation 10 times over the last six months so it's just i've had enough of this conversation so yeah it just can be getting frustrated and and angry about it but then you know what you need to do is take a time out come back and say look i'm really sorry for my behavior what i was trying to say is x y and z and then you can move forward from there yeah so have you seen people fail purely because of their negotiating skills yeah, I think a lot of people will avoid it as much as possible. A lot of people will negotiate over email. Um, oh, and as yeah. we all know, keyboard warriors are um, oh, amazing. I tell and you, I tell you <laughs> if, if, if I, you wouldn't mind if I just interrupt you there, Sam. People mm-hmm. who do stuff like this over email, I always think pick up the phone and talk to them because the written word can be misinterpreted really easily. You might write something and think it's funny and people might see that as being aggressive, basically. So, yeah. So without you answering the question, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let you answer the question, but I always think talk to people. Pick up the phone and talk to them, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Zoom if you can. You know, I always talk about when you're in a meeting, if you want to know how much somebody has in their budget, say a number or get them to tell you what their number is and then watch their body language because their body language, if your pricing is out of their league, their body language will tell you that straight away. Yeah. So you can react to that. But if it's on an email, they can just write back or not write back or they'll write back and say, yeah, that's not for us. So you have no recall. You, you're sitting there just going, oh, no, I don't know mm. what to do next. Yeah. Because I've put myself in a box, where, which is, you know, it's either deal or no deal, rather than, hey, let's talk about this a bit more, which you can do on the phone or on Zoom. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of their body language, how would somebody react? And we were talking about pricing before. So you'll put forward a price for something, and somebody has reacted in a certain way. What sort of way would they react that you would think that's too much for them, or I need to readdress this price, or what I've said, or whatever? As a business owner, the the sentence I hear the most in my career is, wow, that's more than I thought it was going to cost. So that's not an indicator that they don't have enough budget. (laughs) Um, That's just natural reaction. Unless somebody has put in time to think about what that price might be, then that's how they react. So um, what we're looking for is a a physical reaction. Normally, when somebody sits back in their chair, Mm. it's, oh, damn, you know, I can't afford you. Yeah. You've lost so you've lost the connection basically when they people lean, yeah. lean back as opposed to lean forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, now I need to ask you your uh, top three negotiating tips. Well, I think find opportunities to practice as much as possible with small things. 
Um, so that's to help you find your voice so that when it comes time for big negotiations, you're clear on how to articulate what you want. So you've practiced with an unusual coffee order or a difficult um, having salad dressing on the side or sending a steak back, oh yeah. my goodness, which hardly everybody, anybody will ever do. Uh-huh. Um, so finding your voice, that would be the num- number one. Yep. Um, number two, as I said before, invest 70% of your time to prepare for every negotiation. Yep. And then finally, seeking out that fair and reasonable exchange in value and change your mindset towards negotiating. And then you will find them to be more um, something that you do embrace and you'll find it to be a little bit of fun, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, look, absolutely. And the negotiating skills you're talking about, because we've mainly talked about negotiating in business, but are those skills that you're talking about, can they be used across the board? Absolutely. I I would love to see negotiation taught in schools. Um, And the reason for that is I think young people need to be able to find their voice no matter what situations it's in. So they can fast track the years of challenge that we've had as the older generation. We want young people to be able to say, I want this or I don't want that. You know, I don't want to get into that car with you. I do want to do this. I'm happy to do that. Or actually, I'm, I'm prepared to walk away from that. So really, it just needs a bit of a change in direction that will make us a, um, a, a more profitable um, society, I guess. Well, Sam, it's been great talking to you today, um, helping us you know, look at ways that we can you know, become successful and some of the tools that we might use to hopefully one day become successful. I mean, success doesn't come to everybody. You can have everything in a line and it still doesn't happen, but it's good to, to talk about the various tools that you might need. Now, you've actually written a book, haven't you? I have indeed. Yeah. Yes, I'm actually on to my second one at the moment. Second well. one. Wow. Yeah, so I wrote this book, I Love Negotiating, because everyone told me how much they hate negotiating, so yeah. I thought I'd help. It's a kind of a workbook so people can get a gauge on different examples and live situations and they can write in it to see how they improve their skills over time. Yeah. Um, because I think if we can if we can practice with smaller things and then build up and build up and build up, then negotiating becomes this skill that we don't shy away from. And in there I've got the methodology that I've brought up to help as well, which is a framework for good negotiations every time and then uh-huh. yeah again it's a, it's a book that I guess you probably dip in and out of depending on what situations you're in so buying white goods getting a pay rise and um, dealing with um, your colleagues at work to, to knock down silos lots of different scenarios are in the back of the book in the examples yep. and then yeah give you some understanding of you know the history of why people hate negotiating and what we can do about that oh, sounds good so where do people go to get the book Anywhere, Booktopia, Amazon, on my website, othersideofthetable.com.au. Yep. Yeah, and then the next book's out in September. All right, and the name of the book again? Uh, the current book is I Love Negotiating, and the new book is uh, Negotiating Your Worth. All right, okay, fantastic. Well, Sam, it's been great talking to you today on the podcast, and um, I think everybody's probably picked up uh, some tips about negotiating. I don't know, I know certainly I have. So awesome. um, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you on the so podcast. much for having me, John. Appreciate it. 